We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview presented by Riverland Roofing. I'm Neil McCready. That is MPW digital football expert Pete DeWeese joining us as he does each and every week getting ready for another Ole Miss game. It's the home finale this week. It's Ole Miss entertaining Louisiana Monroe. The Warhawks are uh, two and eight on the season. They have lost eight consecutive games since beating Army and Lamar to open the season. Uh, they finished their season next weekend, I think, at home against Louisiana Lafayette. So uh, then they will be probably embarking on a coaching search there as uh, it looks like this is the end of the road for Terry Bowden. Ole Miss, meanwhile, now 13th in the country in the AP poll after losing at Georgia last weekend, 52-17. to 17. The Rebels, 8-2. and two. Five and one in the SEC. They will finish their season on Thanksgiving night, the regular season, I should say, on Thanksgiving night in Starkville against Mississippi State. The Bulldogs uh, conducting a coaching search as we speak, having uh, fired Zach Arnett on Monday. So uh, Mississippi State plays host to Southern Miss on Saturday morning at 11. The Ole Miss game against Louisiana Monroe is at 11. So both teams, home games, 11 a.m. Uh, we're not going to talk a whole lot about Louisiana Monroe. We're going to instead focus in a minute. Uh, Pete is going to focus on some of the things that went wrong for Ole Miss defensively against the juggernaut that was uh, Georgia's offense in Athens. So we'll talk about that. We'll get to all that in a minute. First, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by Riverland Roofing, have been all season long. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Of course you would. Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business. As a GAF, Master Elite Contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland Services Mississippi and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. All of our content at MPW Digital this football season is brought to you by Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, packs a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. There's no need to settle for the usual. Twisted tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football, your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences with Twisted Tea, the drink that feels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Pete, how are you? Doing great. So uh, we'll dive into Georgia in a minute. We'll touch on Louisiana Monroe for a second. They're actually going to play the game. I don't know why. They should just take the check and head to the house. But uh, Ole Miss and ULM Saturday at 11. Um, your thoughts on the Warhawks? <laughs> I tried to find film. You know, like I told you, I found things on YouTube. There were things to be seen. Uh, watch. That's not necessarily stuff. It's easy for me to show you guys on this show. Um, but I, I watched a little bit. Um you know, I, I tried to find the, their game from, I think it was week three against Texas A&M, where A&M had a big blowout victory against them. I uh, couldn't find film on that. 
And um, but you know, in, in the little bit that I watched, um, I mean, it, it's it's like you said earlier before we started, right? If we're still talking about this one on Monday, we're still talking about this one Saturday at midnight. It, it's a problem. Yes. Um, you know, from a roster standpoint, from a talent standpoint, um, it, it's 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 a money game for ULM, and it's going to help pay for a lot of what they need in their athletic budget. I would assume. Um, and, and look, those kids are going to come in and they're going to compete. And, and the thing that I'll give them is, um, their, their arguably best player on offense is a six, three, 205 pound wide receiver that doesn't have elite speed, but, but he is a big physical body that catches the football. Um, and, and he was the, you know, he kind of stood out a little bit. You've got a guy that used to play for all this. That's I think leading the team in carries right now. Um, and Isaiah uh, Woolyard. And so, you know, they've got some guys that are going to come in and they're certainly going to try to compete. Um, and, and just like it is with any team like that, if you give them life early, they're going to hang around as, as long as you let them, essentially. Um, obviously, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you watch the Mercer game, you saw what happened early in that game for the Mercer offense and suddenly gave them a little bit of life. And so, you know, for Ole Miss, it's going to be about, and we talked about this last week, it is about not letting a loss in Athens yep. cost you more than one game, right? And and some of that is about health and injuries, and, and we saw Jackson Dart go down, and I know that's been a hot topic all week. Um, you know, we you know we saw an already, um, you know, crippled offensive line have another player go down first play of the game, essentially. Um, when, when he actually got injured. And so a lot of it is going to be not only mentally, um, how does the team respond? And I, and I don't – this isn't a team in, in, in Ole Miss based on what I've been able to see this year or a team that they're about to play where I think that's a major concern, um, you know. But, you know, I think sometimes fans hear Kiffin talk about show up, be loud, and and so much of that is, is sometimes it wears on him a little bit, but he knows too. He knows that 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 um you know that the ego can be a little fragile, the mind can be a little fragile. And and if you show up to a dead stadium on senior day where there's already distractions and all these different things going on, um, you know, you never know what happens when you give a team life. And I don't think that they're necessarily worried about getting upset, but but you want to go play a clean, polished game that makes you confident going in the next Thursday, and you still want to play a game, regardless, that makes all the decision makers, both in the college football poll and in the bowl selection committees, say this is a, a team we want. Yeah. And 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 that that's very important, you know. So um, so there's obviously a lot at stake. Um, it's, it's great risk without necessarily being under great risk, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think they want to play a very clean half. They want to come out and and dominate, do their thing. And then I think he'd love to get some guys off the field. You know, he, he talked about this time a year ago when they went to Fayetteville for the game against Arkansas, which was a night game in the cold. The offense did either 96 or 98 snaps. It was a ton a ton of snaps in that loss to uh, to the Razorbacks, and they were not nearly as fresh Thursday no. against Mississippi State. Mississippi State, meanwhile, had played an 11 a.m. game at home, I think against East Tennessee State or someone like that, and and had gotten their starters off the field after 40 something snaps, and and it showed on on that Thursday night. So, I think Lane and and the Ole Miss staff would love to get the starters their 45, 50 snaps, and then get them off the field, rested, done by 1 o'clock. And then that way when they show up on Sunday to start working on state, they, they've got some gas in the tank and they're fresh. A year ago, they didn't get, they did not get back from Fayetteville. This is the part that nobody ever really talks about is the travel. They finished that game. It was after 10 o'clock when that game ended. It was 11 by the time they got on the buses and out of the stadium. It was midnight by the time the wheels up in northwest Arkansas, which meant by the time they landed in Tupelo, got on the bus and got to Oxford, it was three in the morning. Um, yeah, I I don't know how lot. much has changed since I was at Ole Miss, but but that the Arkansas trip was always one of the worst ones for us when I was there because much like Oxford, 
you don't, you know, you don't pull out of that stadium and you're not at the airport in 10 minutes. You know, it, it's, it's similar when Ole Miss flies in and out of Tupelo, there's a little bit of a drive to the airport, right? You, yeah, it's about 30 minutes. You know, you're, you're past the point now. Um, you're well past the point. I mean, since nine 11 and I was there during that time, you know, when I first got to Ole Miss, the bus would drive out onto the tarmac. We would get off the bus. The trainers would have ice chest and everybody grab a couple Gatorades and we would just walk onto the plane and find our seat where, you know, as soon as nine 11 happens, security doesn't look anything like you or I trying to fly out of an, an airport. Um, but you still have to process through you typically, whether it's a wand or a machine and you walk through, um, and oftentimes it is done, you know, essentially on the tarmac or in a hangar and when it can be. But um, all of that and then getting into Tupelo, having to make that drive home, you get to your car, you're exhausted. You you know, you then get back to your house, to your apartment, to your dorm, wherever. Um, and, and there are nights, I, I know speaking for myself um, and, and, and some of the guys that I was around a lot that, there were nights where you'd be basically asleep on the plane. You'd be asleep on the bus ride from Tupelo to Oxford. And by the time you got to your car, woke yourself up enough to get home. Sometimes you struggled to get back to sleep. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so that certainly makes for a, a, a long day slash night. Then you build in that Thanksgiving turnaround and it, it certainly, you know, that, that, that can wear on you uh, quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think scheduling is much more kind to Ole Miss as far as leading into the Egg Bowl, and that's something we'll talk more about next week, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, if they can get some fresh legs under some guys, it's it's going to make a difference. Um, and, and they have the opportunity. And here's the other thing, too. It's not just about getting fresh legs. Everybody talks about, you know, bowl practice and, and things of that nature. You're at a point in the season now where you either a you know who's not redshirting, or b you know who can still play this week and not burn a redshirt. There's very few guys that are probably sitting on the cusp, right? But mm-hmm. you you look at an offense and and you, you look at you know and it's been talked about is Ole Miss doesn't rotate a ton of wide receivers right now. I mean you're eleven nineteen nine they're on the field period, right? It's time where guys like Caden Lee. If you get up in this game, you can start giving those guys reps, giving them opportunity, you know, put them under the lights, right? I mean, they got in at the end against against Georgia, but, but give them this opportunity, let them eat some of those reps away from your starters, save some legs, but also you get film on those guys to help you make decisions moving forward. And that, that can be important on both sides of the ball. So you mentioned Georgia. We're going to dive into that. I think this is an appropriate spot right here. Um, Still a little trauma mentally for some people, so we're brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with seasonal blues. The holidays can be stressful, can conjure up some sadness. In other words, this time of year can be a lot. And it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I've benefited from therapy. It was good for me to talk through some feelings with a professional, walk away with a new perspective. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. So um, I'll hand you the uh, the reins here, and I'll just ask the simple question. I know a lot happened, but kind of boil it down a little bit defensively. Didn't touch the quarterback, didn't cause any negative plays, really didn't stop the Bulldogs at all. What happened? You know, a combination of a lot of things. I think, you know, one, after the first two drives, there wasn't a ton of sustained success for the offense. That is always going to affect the defense. Um, You know, after we recorded last week, it kind of became official that you were going to lose the right tackle. Um, So, you know, anytime you're in a situation, it it really any position, but especially in my, my opinion, 
on the line of scrimmage, whether it's offense or defense, when one man goes down and it causes two men in, um, it it it's it's a problem. So when you when you lose your right tackle and you have to take the left tackle, slide him over, and now bring up the next guy at left tackle, you're essentially replacing two starters at that point because yeah. you're asking a guy to play. He's playing a different. It's a different position. Period. Um, being on the other side, some guys handle that very well. Some guys don't. And then all of a sudden, the first play, uh, the, the guy that's now moved in to play left tackle, who is a guy with a lot of experience, but even though he hadn't played a ton this year, um, he he gets dinged up, tries to give you another play or two, can't happen. He's out for a minute, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, your center has to slide to guard. You bring in the next guy at center. And all these moving pieces, it is hard, hard to play with any continuity, it is hard to play well up front when you have that type of change, in particular against a, a defense and a front as good as what Georgia presents. And so I, I think a big part of it, you know, one thing we know about Jackson Dart for all that he is, I mean, the dude is a competitor. There are so many things about the kid that you just, as an Ole Miss fan, you should love about him being your quarterback. The one thing you look at is he is not great at the deep ball and play one. Dayton Wade is open behind the corner and the safety and you miss, you know, and so you take those shots early. Um, and, and the thing is, and, and I kind of said this last week, if I remember like, you know, Missouri hit them early, hit Georgia early on the long touchdown to, to burden. And then Georgia said, okay. And they stayed back and said, we're not going to give you very many more of those. Well, Ole Miss took the shot play one and they missed, they didn't connect. And Georgia said, okay, we're going to back up a little bit. We're going to maybe play you a little bit more aggressive on the outside, but we're going to de- make sure you're keeping help over top. And um, and we're going to try to take some of those things away from you. And so all those combinations affected the offense. And in turn, with the style of football that Ole Miss plays, every bit of that affects the defense. And there's been a lot of talk about the defense this year and, you know, um, a, a lot of discussion. And quite honestly, Pete Golding deserves a lot of praise for what they have accomplished on defense this year. He, he does. The numbers aren't incredible, um, but patchwork roster, all the portal guys, um, you know, Siski loves everybody bringing up still his comment after game one uh, about team speed. And, and you saw all of that yeah. play out, lack of depth. All of it played out in this Georgia game against a – and, and again, another thing, and I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke or stump for, for our own show, but we said last week, Georgia is very efficient on offense. They operate at a high clip, and if they get the run game going, they're very hard to stop. I also talked about Mike Bobo and how he's a guy that has not always been loved in Athens, but he's actually really damn good at his job. And so that was all on display on Saturday. And so – We'll kind of and, and start you know there. Carson Beck's good, man. I He's, mean, listen, the, he just he doesn't make mistakes. His it's his first year on the field. We all know that. We all know he's behind Stetson, but he has been in that system, and he understands it, and it shows in the way that he plays. Well, and we do this thing, Pete. This is media. This is this is media does this. People like you don't do this, but. People in my position do this. I, I, I'd like to think that I don't do it because I try not to do the sweeping judgments in early September. But the kid comes in, and he's waited his turn. It's been a long off season. He's a human being. I'm sure he's been a little anxious, a little nervous, a little excited, all those things. And he comes in, and the first couple, three games, he's kind of feeling it out, and he's not perfect, and he the, the, the nerves get him at times, a little anxious, and – you know, you're replacing a damn legend there that that won two national titles. So they'll be bring they'll be bringing Stetson back, Bennett back 40 years from now. People are going to stand up and be like, "Oh, there he is, Stetson Bennett." And so you're replacing that, and it showed. And so and, what happened was a bunch. You're, of, you're doing it without your best receiver on the field. Yeah, and media people were like, "Oh, he's mid. He's just kind of average." And once that narrative gets established, by God, we dig our heels in. Hard to shake it. And we just say, that's the way it is. And it's like, no, no, no. He got a lot better. And right now, I think he's the second best quarterback in the league. They, they, just like Jaden Daniels, the talent around him helps him. 
Of course. Period. Of course. The system, the system helps him. Now, Daniels is that's we could we could do a whole separate we can do an off season highlight tape of him if you want to. But um, you know, Carson Beck understands the offense. He operates the offense, and he is very much in tune with what Mike Bobo is asking him to do. And and he does it at a high clip. And now that their pieces, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they played without McConkie pretty much early in the season. He gets back. Bowers goes down, right? And now now everybody's back. And so um, – and the other piece is this. He's got that right that, tackle back too, and that was a difference. Uh, oh, getting Amarius Mims back absolutely makes a difference. And yeah. then, you know, and, and then the other piece is they – started to find more and more who they are as an offense. And that happens everywhere with every team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started to find more and more as their guys kind of got back and they kind of found their home and in, in, in who they are. And it, it just, it, it was not a great matchup for Ole Miss. And one of the things we said last week said, Ole Miss has to get some stops. Clearly that was not the case in Athens on Saturday. And I, you know, I, I said I think Golden's going to have to do some different things on the back end. He's going to have to change coverage, get out of his cover three shell some. Um, and there were times where he tried to do that. And if anything, you you saw why he hasn't done that very much this season, um, be, because it, they were exposed a little bit. But Georgia also found some just really, really good ways um, to attack this Ole Miss defense and and. And and already at a personnel disadvantage, not a knock on the kids on Ole Miss's roster. I did not take it that way when Lane said it after the game. It is reality, right? It it you're not saying that there's not a kid on this team that can't go play for them. What you're saying is if we have one, they have three for that one. That is just the reality of that roster. Um, I mean. And- there's a reason that they put so many kids in the NFL year over oh. year. I mean, it's it, it, it's not a knock on the kids. It, no. it, it, Elaine didn't question his kids' toughness. Nope. He didn't question their heart. He didn't question their their desire, their intensity, their effort. He just pointed out truth. I mean, they're more talented. Period. I, I, I absolutely and and you know and, and look, there were some guys on the Ole Miss team that did some really good things. Um and and but you know. I don't know what it would look like. We all know for Ole Miss fans and, and for the Ole Miss football team, the Alabama game was not close to the result that they wanted. But we saw Alabama find their rhythm against Ole Miss. They found who they need to be as an offense against Ole Miss. That, that is absolutely – if you have watched them play since then, they got out of that Ole Miss game and said, hey, everything we chose to do this week was really damn good. Can we do it against everybody else? And it's really what they've continued to do throughout the rest of the season. And and you said it, I I, I think on 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 the McCready and Siski show the other day was Georgia right now they're they're dialed in. They they are they are dialed in on the mission, and 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 they have found what is working for them on both sides of the ball, and they understand how they want to attack people, and they're giving their kids a chance to be successful. So let's okay, let's be clear. Let's, let's be clear before you. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah, they would have beaten any team in America on Saturday night, except for the ones, except for the thirty-two that have a shield right here that says NFL. They would have beaten I, any college team in the country Saturday night. That's not an excuse for Ole Miss. It's just fact. I, they, there, there may have been three teams in the country that could have gone in there and given them a game. I, I, I firmly believe that. Maybe, sure, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Right. I'll go under, but, but, but one, one, they're going to play in, in Atlanta here in a few weeks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one may or may not have their head coach allowed to be on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's not many of them and that's just the reality. Maybe I, Oregon. I, as long as I've lived over, you know, over here, I've only been to a couple of Georgia games. Um, uh, and they've both been daytime atmospheres and I've never been blown away by the game day atmosphere at Georgia, just having been almost everywhere in the SEC um, and experienced it from the sidelines in most scenarios. um, I've never been blown away, but the night game, they don't get many of them over there. They got one and they got it against the top 10 ranked team. And 
Bowers was back, and it was, I mean, it, it was it was the perfect storm for Ole Miss to walk into. And I talked and to when, some Ole Miss people, and they said it was deafening. It it it, it certainly looked that. I mean, when, when I was at Ole Miss, we played over there in a game that ended at night. It didn't, I don't recall it starting as a night game. Maybe it did. Lord knows, I know I got home late that night. Um, but it, it, it was, it was a good atmosphere, but it, it wasn't one that I left my college years going, you know what? That was one of the top, top ones for me, but it certainly looked different and sounded different on television the other night. And when you take the talent and you take the atmosphere and the depth and, and everything else, and you put it on the paper and you combine it with some of the ways that they chose to attack Ole Miss defensively, it wasn't going to be a great night for, for Ole Miss. And so just kind of out the bat here, I want to show you just some of the things that, one, I think Georgia did really well and why it messed with Ole Miss. And then I'm going to show you a couple of things where I think Ole Miss kind of failed themselves a little bit um, and, and, and kind of go from there, okay? So one of the great things that that they did was they decided we are going to, you know, Ole Miss comes out and they're, they're essentially playing with three safeties, okay? And it's it's not the 3-2-6 that Ole Miss fans got used to complaining about the past few years, but there's three safeties on the field. And Georgia spent a ton of time trying to get these safeties out of their comfort zone by using motion and shifts to take the guy that Ole Miss wants to be down and forcing him to be deep and taking the guy that Ole Miss wants to be deep and forcing him to be down. So they they did a lot of things to kind of manipulate that coverage structure. And anytime you do that, it affects these guys. It affects how you fit the box, how everything happens in the run game. So starting out right here, they actually started with Bowers, if I were to rewind it back, on the left side of the offense. All three receivers are to the right. And Bowers now motions over. And so they have motioned into a four-by-one unbalanced formation. So you have four receivers to the right side of the offense. You have – messed myself up there. Okay, so you got four receivers, one of them being Bowers, who is the slot right there next to the offensive tackle. Now, the number two guy is ineligible. He's on the line of scrimmage intentionally. They have to do that to be legal in formation. So, but you still have four guys you have to account for because if nothing else, he can be effective as a blocker if you want to throw any type of a screen or anything out there. So Ole Miss has to match that. Okay. So they match it by getting enough defenders to that side of the formation to be able to fit both the run game and to fit everything on the perimeter that they need to fit. So if you look at it right now, before anything else happens, the corner down here to the bottom of the screen, Prince, is actually involved in the run fit now. And he is going to be responsible for this B-gap for the for the defense. They're going to take the uh, number three receiver, and they are going to motion him back across to the outside. You have to match it if you're Ole Miss. You can't leave a guy uncovered. So now that's going to take Prince, who you were just counting on in the run fit, is going to now have to widen out to take him. So now Ole Miss has to be able to communicate and make a plan, okay? They can either bring five down, rotate somebody else back, stay in their cover three that they want to be in, or they're going to have to adjust the front and adjust the backers and now change the fit all on the fly based on this motion. So I'm going to skip to the end zone of the same play, okay? Okay. So there's Bowers coming over to create the four-by-one. So you can see all the Ole Miss guys, hands in the air. They're all communicating right now, talking about what's going on. Okay, you've got four-by-one to the right of the offense, really five-by-one if you count the tailback. And now they're going to bring, I believe it's 86, is going to come back across in motion. And you see now where Prince is lined up, and he is ready to fit B-gap if he gets run his way. Okay, as soon as the motion happens, what happens to B gap? It's not covered. It's yeah. So you're you're in a situation now where because one linebacker adjusted, okay, you get eleven bumps over, twenty three stays put, but now you essentially have eleven in two gaps. Okay. If nineteen were to release up the field or to the flat, twenty three has coverage responsibility. 
because the tailback is on that side. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If they're running zone, somebody also has to be responsible for the quarterback if he were to pull it and keep it. Okay. So by that simple motion now, you have now opened B gap from the defense. 11 can't be right. If he gets run right downhill, and he fits downhill, the running back has an escape route into B-gap. If he fits over the top of it, the running back now has a cutback in A-gap. Okay? So as this plays out, you need great play by your D-tackle right here. Okay? It's a tough position. And right here, you're asking, I believe it's Ukwu 99, who is a little bit of an undersized guy a guy that they have played on the perimeter mostly in this defense, that actually may be Pegues right there, who is not, in fact, undersized. Yeah. Um, But right there, so you're asking him to take on this double team, to not give up any movement right there. And you see right there, 11, he's trying to be patient. They're able to get their combo up to 23, okay? You're getting your 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 shade here who's spiking inside, is getting uh, getting controlled right there by the backside guard. So you have now lost A-gap and B-gap. And the linebacker can't be right. And the simple use of motion to take the secondary out of B-gap has now opened up this run lane for the offense. So 11 can't be right. The cut happens late. And you're talking about now like a seven or eight-yard gain, first play of the game, using a simple formation and a simple motion to simply affect the coverage structure, which in turn affects the front structure, which unlocks it for the offense and just gives them an easy way to go find free yards. Okay. So now they're going to come out to an eight yard gain um, on first down. So they're going to come out now second down and they're going to start. Let me run this back just a little bit. They're going to start with a bunch formation. Okay. And so they've got bunch to the right right here, and they're going to use the same type of motion where they're simply going to bring an outside receiver across again, okay? And all they're trying to do right here is they're trying to unlock the coverage for the quarterback, okay? When you get into these bunch sets right here, Ole Miss is showing that they want to be a two-high structure, okay, which probably means they're either going to put the corner in the flat and rotate the safeties over the top of it, or more likely, based on this alignment, they're going to play what's what's known as box. They're essentially going to build the box with a flat defender and a curl defender, two guys over the top, and they're just going to play a version of cover four to that side. Okay, As soon as they motion across, you force rotation now by the defense. And that right now, the quarterback knows, here's my cover three. Okay? 
he knows with this cover three, what they're going to do is they're going to take this inside receiver and he is going to go run a little spot route and try to replace that linebacker. The outside receiver is going to work a vertical stem and just stop and curl up. He's got a different combination to the top of the screen. All the quarterback has to do, now that he knows it's cover three, he knows that this defender is responsible for both the seam and the flat. So he's going to put eyes on him. If he expands right now to the flat and ignores the release by the slot receiver, he's going to take the one-on-one matchup of his slot versus a linebacker. He's going to trust him to find space, give him the football. If he collisions this seam and stems inside with it, now as the corner bails out, he knows he's got a one-on-one to work his stop route on the outside. You can see as the ball snapped, again, you force him to declare the coverage. You see five, five holds the seam. He protects it because he's got to protect his middle of the field safety. That gives him the one-on-one to the outside. The ball is thrown in rhythm. It's hard to defend. I mean, you you can either, and you can see Beck right here, the motion happens. He's watching the safeties now. He knows exactly where his eyes are going to be. Okay, He's right there on five. What's five doing? Is he staying to protect the seam? Yes, top of my drop, balls out in rhythm. As a corner, you can't defend that. Now, that's happened. We're going to show a play in a minute where they use a double move on the outside. Because these corners, they're seeing these stop routes. They're seeing these curl routes. They give it to them second play of the game. They give them to them multiple times throughout the game. Ole Miss knows they're coming, so the corners try to start to be a little bit more aggressive. Stop defending over the top. Stop trying to attack a little bit. So come back, play three, okay? They're going to start out now. They're going to continue to attack Ole Miss out the rip. So they come out in a two-by-two formation. It's four wide, and they're going to take the running back and they're going to push him out, and it is going to turn into an empty formation. Now, this is a first and 10, third offensive play from scrimmage for Georgia, and Ole Miss right here is choosing to play man-to-man. Okay, They are playing a cover one, so you've got a free safety in the middle of the field. They are a man on the slot, manned up on the outside to the field. When the running back goes in motion, the linebacker is going to go with him. And to the boundary, they're playing a a similar version. So you're going to have man-to-man on the outside receiver, man-to-man on the slot. If the safety to the bottom were tighter, he probably would have taken this slot fade to McConkie at the bottom of the screen. But that safety's off, so it's going to be hard, in theory, to win on that deep ball versus that safety. Now, he wins. In, in, in the conversation about what speed does Ole Miss have, what has Pete Golding done to protect this defense is a great question to really ask because you can see here with an eight-yard cushion and McConkie attacks, that's a win. If that ball goes up to the slot down here at the bottom, that is 100% a win versus a man-to-man safety that had an eight-yard cushion and just got run past, right? So what happens instead Because of all the soft cushion that you get, I went back one play too far, I'm sorry. Uh, Because of all the soft cushion that you get to the bottom, he knows he's going to take the field side of his progression. So there's the motion. He sees 11 running with the running back. So he knows right now it is for sure man-to-man. I don't like my leverage to the boundary. I'm going to work the field, okay? So all they're working right here. They've got this this hitch with a slot fade into the boundary. They're going to work this crossing route from from this receiver, and they're going to work the dig, okay? If the cross can win early against his man-to-man defender, that's where the ball is going to go. He doesn't win. He fills the backer dropping underneath. So he hits the top of his drop. Again, Carson Beck is in rhythm. He hits the top of his drop, hitches, Eyes rotate to the backside, and as soon as my backside curl route comes out of his break, ball's out right now. And what I noticed, <laughs> what I noticed here, Pete, beyond everything, that you, and that's awesome what you're just showing is 
Look at how clean his pocket is. He has so much time to do all of his progressions. There's, there's not, he doesn't have to hurry. He doesn't have to panic. He doesn't even have to improvise at all. He can just, it's almost like seven on seven where he knows he's not getting touched in practice. There were times in this game where Ole Miss is that close. The, the hole didn't touch anybody, didn't create a negative play. It's not wrong. There were times where Ole Miss was this close, but Georgia was good enough. Carson Beck was alert enough. He scrambled a couple of times for some big plays. But watch the rush right here. Okay. Watch watch the, the left side of the screen right here and tell tell me what you see to develop as this plays out. They're gonna bluff, they're gonna look to the sidelines, they're gonna see what they want to be in. They're gonna come back. Let's go, let's go. All right. Watch as this play starts. What do you notice right there on the left side of the screen? You have two old miss defenders to that side of the center. And they're both in the same gap. Oh, yeah, they are. You're never going to win without gap integrity. Run game, pass game, and it happened. By blocking one, they block two. It happened several times in this game. I can't tell you who's wrong. That is not – I'm not – I do not know what this call is. I'm not in that meeting room. But I can tell you that Pete Golding did not design a thing where both defensive players to that side (laughs) end up in B-gap. Now, what I can tell you is that if, I'm pretty sure it's Pegues here, if he can maintain and stay in a gap and 53 hangs on him like he is right here, Cedric Johnson wins against the left tackle. Yep. But when Pegues works outside, 53 is able to stab out late and protect enough. Now, the other thing that should happen, okay, maybe they're trying to work a game here because it kind of happens on the other side too. You look here, again, you get two guys almost in B-gap. Well, if they're trying to work a game where Johnson's here, then he should be looking to come around, right, and he never gets there. But instead, you get a nice takedown by the right guard right here, Ivy who looks hesitant right here, and then the other two rushers are in the same gap. You're never going to be effective in anything in defense football when you've got two guys in the same gap right there. And so, yeah, you allow a very clean pocket, and he's able to throw it on rhythm. The kid makes a great catch. That's a tough position for a young corner to be in out on that island by himself. And it's just, again, that that is why you have not seen Ole Miss play a ton of man-to-man throughout the course of this season. That was was fascinating. That was one of the most – I mean – not to blow sunshine. We've done this a long time. That was one of the most interesting breakdowns you've done. That was that was really interesting. I I, I, I would not have seen that in real time. Well, I, and and I I didn't see it on that particular play in real time. I can't tell you that I did. There were times in the game, especially when they'd show a replay, that I just I was like, what what in the what in the hell's going on here? Um, so let's skip forward. Let's go to the the, the second the second uh, drive here. Okay, George is going to come out. And they're going to show you a bunch set right here. Okay. And again, they're going to get on Mr. Check. They're going to motion out. Now they're going to expand and end up in a more traditional um, four wide set here. Now, what's interesting to me about this clip, something in the breakdown told them expect pass because they are 100% in a pass defense here. They are playing some version of, of cover two man, okay, or what's known as mini, okay? It's kind of hard to tell just because of the leverage of five here, but post-snap it plays out like man. So you're man-to-man here, okay? And if it's man, to, if it's two man, and what that means is you have five guys underneath all playing man-to-man on somebody with two safeties over the top, and you're going to employ typically a four-man rush or a three-man rush and a spy, okay? If it's many, then what that means is you are going to -to man-to-man on the outside receiver, and you are going to minimize the field and play a separate coverage typically with the rest of your secondary. But you can see they have created a five-man box with four linemen, one linebacker. You've got one guy walked out right here, and everybody's playing 
with with this man to man technique right here. Okay. Um, the the big thing you have to understand here is again, how does it affect our fit as a defense? So again, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to the end zone right here. Okay. So once they shift out, you see Ole Miss has to have a backer vacate the box, and now you get Ole Miss trying to communicate what's going on. Okay. Into the boundary with the running back on this side, you have a guy that is probably going to be responsible for the quarterback, and you have the linebacker that is going to fit opposite of where the nose slants. And this is this is a version of the mint front, which is actually something Georgia does a ton that we talked about last week on the show. Both of these defensive ends are going to be responsible for B-gap. The nose is going to be responsible for one of the A-gaps. The one backer in the box has the other A-gap. If flow is away, he can scrape over the top. It kind of keeps him clean a little bit. And now this player has to be responsible for the quarterback out the back door. And then you're expecting somebody out here to now have this C-gap. Well, real simple. One shift has happened. Backers moved out of the box. You just affected my run fit. Now, something as simple as move the back. As you look at it right here, that the run, the linebacker has to move with him. You just affected everybody else's job because when the running back was over here to the right of the offense, you had a player for the quarterback. Now, if they run zone back to the right, you do not have a defender in position to be that quarterback player. So that means if I'm the B-gap player as the defensive end, the only player left on the field to take the quarterback here, because, again, your man-to-man coverage on the outside is your linebacker. Well, if the quarterback pulls it and your linebacker fits outside, you're now gap deficient on the interior. So, again, that they've affected the front for Ole Miss. So as this plays out, okay, he sees the give, the DM plays this little lag technique, so you've actually got somebody there for the quarterback if Beck were to pull it. But, again, think about the last play we just looked at. Ole Miss is going to stunt here. They've moved the back, so they're going to stunt. They're going to cross him into A-gap. They're going to cross him into B-gap. And before the running back moved, when 36 was still lined up over here, his natural fit would have been here. Now that the back has moved, and 36 has moved, you've now lost a C-gap player unless you expect this 12-yard deep safety to now be the C-gap player. You can't ask your corner to cover down because you've got him in a man-to-man situation. So as the play develops now, you see the outside player, Cedric Johnson, I believe, too, goes inside. 68 gets away with the hold, too. Look at that. There's a little little bit of a grab right there. Yep. Definitely. But now as the ball bounces out, you're in a tough situation. And and you better be a special player to make that play in the open field against an SEC tailback. And he's just not quite there, right? It, they limit. It's not an absolutely huge gain. But, again, you're talking about first play of a drive, another eight-yard gain. That's two drives now for Georgia. That's eight-yard runs on first down on each of those first down plays and both just done by affecting the coverage and the fit of the Ole Miss defense, okay? So just like last time, here's the very next play, okay? Now, here, a little bit more traditional formation, okay? But what they've done here, again, if I were to run it all the way back, they actually started in the same unbalanced formation as earlier, and now they're doing it with two tight ends on the field. So they're going to motion Bowers over, just like they did earlier in the game. So now there goes the corner. He's got to expand and go take Bowers. Well, here Ole Miss is going to work a uh, – they're going to work a run stunt now to try and, and stop it. So let's go to the end zone, look at why this stunt doesn't work. Okay? So what they're going to do – I'm kind of looking at my notes here. All right, here's my quarterback player. If they're going to run zone read, he's going to be my quarterback player. So I'm going to let this run just a little bit before I start it. All right, so Ole Miss is going to adjust the front late, okay? So out here, 99 is the quarterback player. The D end is now going to take B-gap. 
I'm the B gap player. Okay. They're trying to take the nose and bring him off the hip here to defend the cutback by the tailback. You've still got your two backers to fit the box. What ends up happening right here is as this plays out, Georgia does a pretty good job of recognizing what's happening. And as zero goes to work around, the right guard turns and helps build the wall on the defensive end that was the B-gap player. The backside backer fits it, probably potentially takes it on on the wrong shoulder, and he's expecting this defensive lineman to get through, but the center's done such a good job. So now instead of forcing the cutback into my two backside players, they allow an A-gap crease because they have one guy that's not able to execute and get to his interior gap. There goes your gap discipline, and there's the cut right there, and it turns into an explosive run. So this is an example of Ole Miss trying to be creative, trying to be aggressive in fitting the run, and it works against them. It's been successful at times throughout the course of the season. It clearly was not successful in this particular snap, and that that brings you to, to the next play. Okay, Again, lots of motion, lots of shifts, trying to do as much as they can to make all these guys talk. Okay, uh, If you run this back, if I remember – they started with the bunch on one side. They're actually going to motion over and end up with the bunch to the right side, and they're going to do something Ole Miss does, okay? I mean, they, Ole Miss certainly isn't the only team to run this, and neither is Georgia. So you're going to get this little curl or dig route by the single receiver from the field. Okay, He's there to really try to hold the safety or the deep third defender, okay? Uh, Bowers is going to run this cross, this deep crossing route, and you're working off of this safety. If this safety were to drive this underneath route, Bowers is open over the top. If the safety works on him, you have the outside receiver, in this case, McConkey on the post, and then you've got the tight end here dealt down the tight, down the uh, sideline on the wheel route right here. Okay. As this plays off, and I guess let me, let me go ahead and run it back. I was going to try to save myself some time, but I talked about on the first play. I said they did a really good job of trying to get guys that want to be down to be deep and guys that want to be deep to be down. So right here you can see five is down. He's ready to set to set the point against this bunch. And as soon as they shift, the safeties now have to rotate. 25 is going to go over. Five is going to have to rock back. Okay, And he is the middle third player. All right, Ball's on the right hash. He's trying to stay close to the middle of the field. But if they're playing cover three, he has to play with depth. And you'll see right here when this ball is snapped, he is not in a hurry to go get depth. And part of that is he doesn't feel like that tight end coming through all that traffic is going to affect him a ton. Well, what it does is it actually leaves his corner out to dry because this corner is expecting five to be deep enough in the middle that if this ball is thrown, he can help vice it because the corner has to squeeze it from the inside. And as you watch this play out, and I'll I'll show you the end zone copy in a minute, but Georgia's going to fake the toss to the right. They're going to hit it with the double post wheel, okay? And there's some nuance to what 84 does to create the opening right there. But you can see from the end zone, you can see two things, okay? One, you can see the stem from Lab McConkey, how he's going to attack the outside hip of the corner to keep the corner on the outside so that when he nods to the post, he can stay skinny, give the quarterback room to work. But you can see that the hesitation, right? Middle of the field is here. That's where the hash mark, that's the tick mark for PAT field goal. That's the middle of the field. That's where you want your cover three safety to be. And you want him playing with depth. Well, when this ball snapped, you can see he's not quite to the middle of the field. He's a couple of yards off. We just looked at his tempo. He's not in a hurry to get depth. Now look at McConkey to the right side of the screen right here. I'm going to rewind it and let it play at full speed. He's going to run right at the corner, give him a little nod right there, and then stay skinny. If the safety had played more to the middle, more to the formation, and played with any more depth, they have a chance now to get there and affect the play. But the ability of McConkey to stem the corner, stay skinny, for Carson Beck to be clean in the pocket, get the ball out on rhythm, and that hesitation 
by the middle of the field safety, it gives them an open shot here at the touchdown. So you're watching on television and maybe you say, well, why does the corner let him go? What's the corner doing? Well, the corner's job in this cover three is he has to play what's called the divider rule. Okay, He's responsible for that third of the field. Nothing gets behind him. He knows he's got the post coming from 84 right there, but in cover three, you expect to have post help. He also knows there's a wheel route coming outside. Now, in theory, your outside linebacker, down safety, whoever should be running with that wheel route. But you you would probably like for him to stay over the top of this a little bit more, but he has to be in position to play both the post and the wheel. Now, the stem, the way that 84 attacks him off the line of scrimmage and keeps him outside, it's not ideal technique. But understand, as you're watching this at home, he's 100% expecting this help to be there, and he's also knowing I have to be able to defend both this post route as well as this outside wheel route. And instead, it's a dark in rhythm on the goal line, easy touchdown for Georgia and Ole Miss. You know, at this point in the game, still in a little bit of a dogfight. So, uh, skipping forward a little bit, okay, just kind of a, another kind of common theme. Something that happened a few times in the game the other night was Ole Miss just, they lost the flat, okay? So, again, here it's another example where, you know, Georgia's going to use some motion to move some guys around. To, to get set. So Ole Miss here, they're trying to play a cover four shell. It is a second and long. They are trying to protect the pass. So they're building this two high shell above to try to keep everything in front of them. So you're expecting now one of these underneath defenders, and in this case it's Johnson, he has got to be responsible for working curl to flat. Okay. So if he were to drop at an angle, and 84 were to break off on some underneath route, he's going to get a call from that corner, and he's going to ride that route as long as he can. 84 is vertical out the jump right here. The tight end is vertical immediately, and uh, or at least he's out of vision immediately, and the tailback is getting immediately to the flat. When this happens, you'll see Johnson turn and run vertical, and there is nobody in the flat and they go from a second and 12, you're looking at a successful third down potentially for Ole Miss to converting with the easiest throw on the field and getting them into a now first and 10 after a missed tackle. And it's just they need they need him to protect that curl a little bit in this coverage. They are bringing an inside pressure right here. If they're going to be weak, that's where they're going to be weak. But there also has to be some awareness to realize right now, and you can see he sees the back. The back's pushing. I got to turn right now, and if I'm not getting a China call or an in call for my secondary, I've got to expand and push to it and and because I, I can't just give it up that freely in the flat. Okay. Um, just going to show you one or two more. Um, okay, let's see. Skip forward a little bit. All right, so Ole Miss gets them in a third and 10. If you, if you, if you run this back to the beginning, it's 28-14 now. You're right before the half. You're trying to hold on. Georgia gets the ball again after half. And and, and, and Ole Miss ultimately does – they get the interception, the play after this, right? They, they are able to, to hold on right before the half. Okay? But you're a third and 10 now uh, in this situation. And and they're going to work a pass rush stunt, okay? And um, that they, they're going to well, they're actually going to they're going to show a pressure, and it's what's called a sim pressure. They're showing five or six rushers, and they're going to drop out, and they're going to get into a four man rush game. So they're going to drop twenty three out here. They're going to drop eleven. Is going to try to get all the way here to the middle of the field, okay? Now behind it, they're playing cover three. So they're, they're going to come down. They're going to rotate now. Both corners are going to bail out, get into cover three. You've got uh, two curl players now who are the, your safeties. They're going to try to collision these seams. You've got a middle-of-the-field player uh, as a safety, and now you're trying to build these hook players underneath with these two backers that were showing pressure and are now going to drop out, okay? 
what you're trying to do is get Georgia to commit their protection to this side. And then as these guys bail out, you hope that you've created a mismatch to the opposite side of the protection. All right. And you see what's actually going to happen here is Georgia's going to just work a four verticals concept. So these outside guys are going to push vertical. If it's open, they're going to keep going. If the corners bail out, they're just going to stop when they get to about 10 to 12 yards and be good for the first down. Your inside guys are both going to work right down the seam. Okay. Carson Beck recognizes that they're getting into a one high structure right here against cover two. You'd like to work the balls on the outside, or you're going to let one of your slots is going to bend in front of your safeties and you're going to work the middle of the field. When you get one high like this, you typically are going to try to work the seams. Okay. So right here, when he sees this, he's going to lock in right now and he's looking at this seam to the field and you've got this safety down. Okay. He has to hold this seam route. He can't let this seam just, it's the first, one of the first times all game where you see a defender just turn and push with width instead of holding this seam. And we've seen that cost Ole Miss early in this game. Well, here, he widens. There's the seam in rhythm. You're able to get the, the explosive play right there. So it's just, again, it's just about being off just a little bit all night long defensively where we've seen Ole Miss hold the seam, hold the seam, hold the seam, give up the outside throw, and it hurt them a couple times. And here, they expand their butt out to the outside throw don't hold the seam, and I, I I don't care who you are, asking 11 to get all the way to this hash without any help from his seam player, that's a hell of a task for any defender, right? And so I, my bet, if I were in Vegas right now, my money would say they're telling 11, hey, we need you to get there, but you're going to have help. And he gets no help right here, Beck's in rhythm, first down, now you know you're in the red zone, and Ole Miss is fortunate to get the uh, the touchdown um, on the next play. But you can see here again, Beck knows exactly where he's going, assures it's one high, just outside the reach of eleven. He does everything he can to get there, um, and 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 they're able to to make the you know to, to obviously convert. All right, so let me just show you. Um, really, just want to show you one more, um, and I'm just showing you this in part because I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss ran it this week. This is one of the in vogue offensive plays of the last couple of weeks, both in college and the NFL. Um, it's something that I, I first remember kind of popping on the scene, this version of it um, a couple of years ago. It may have even been Arkansas uh, that did it. So they're going to they're show you a bunch right there. Okay. And so one of the big things that you'll see out of these formations is teams are going to run counter where they're going to pull their guard here and they're going to pull their tight end here to hand it to the tailback and run counter. So what they're going to do right here is they're going to pull that guard, and they're going to pull the tight end to show you that same counter look. But the tight end is going to stop and pivot back around and end up pulling back the same direction, and they're going to hand the reverse here to 84 coming around the other side. So I'm going to show it one time from this angle, and then we'll watch it from the end zone. But you can see everything is showing the direction. They use the bunch down here to the bottom to pin everything inside. Everything about the O-line and your keys is showing you balls going to your right as a defense, and the reverse spits back out the other way. So if you watch it here from the end zone, you'll see here's the pull. Everything looks like run this way. They're going to go pin him with Bowers. They're going to pin five with the outside receiver. Delp is going to show that he's pulling for 23 before he reverses back to lead the way for 84, who's coming around in the backfield. So you can see the misdirection. I, I bet this play was called no less than eight times in college football last Saturday and at least three times on Sunday in the NFL this exact scheme because it messes with your eyes. You can see both linebackers and the safeties watch them all fit as they see it develop. They see counter. Oh crap. It's too late. I've built numbers on the outside. 
with an extra puller. And Ole Miss honestly defended it fairly well and got tacked on with the face mask there at the end because they actually had pretty good pursuit to the ball. But um, Bobo and Georgia, with all of their toys back on the field and healthier than a lot of people thought they would be, um, they they did a phenomenal job of scheming up Ole Miss and really getting them in the bind for how they were going to play defense. And when you combine that with the talent that Georgia puts on the field, it was clearly a rough night for Ole Miss. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, Ole Miss and, and ULM on uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. We'll have post-game coverage. And then Pete and I are going to get together probably on Monday at some point. We're going to talk about uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the Bulldogs game number one with interim coach Greg Knox coming up on Saturday against Southern Miss. We'll see what the hell that looks like or what it doesn't look. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that game. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Thanksgiving night, 6.30 ESPN. We'll have Pete's Pigskin Preview presented by Riverland Roofing to you probably on Tuesday at some point. We'll get that to you early so that uh, you can take a look at that long before uh, you put your turkey on the smoker or in the fryer or whatever it is that you do with your turkey on thanksgiving so we'll get all that to you early next week as we have an early week and then uh we'll see where the chips fall in terms of bowls and college football playoff access bowls uh it looks like the basement for Ole Miss is the citrus bowl so we'll see uh, we'll see where everything falls and then we'll kind of go from there so until uh early next week that does it for this edition of pete's pigskin preview presented by riverland roofing Thanks so much to Pete Deweese. He's been fantastic all season. We'll talk to him again on Monday. Hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. If you're driving, whether you're heading up to Oxford for the game or you're heading out to see family or whatever, please be safe. And uh, we will talk to you again early next week. Pete, thanks for the time. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Riverland and Twisted Tea and Better Health and everybody else that makes this happen. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys uh, early next week. Have a great weekend. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.